Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. With the Feast of Candlemas, we draw to an end our celebration of Christmas and Epiphany and turn our faces towards Lent and the start of the most significant spiritual journey that any of us can make that leads to Passion Tide and the joy of the resurrection at Easter. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to help to, if you'd like to donate to help support these services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our service begins. Simeon said to Mary, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that will be spoken against, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that thoughts out of many hearts may be revealed.
The Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist as we celebrate today the presentation of Christ in the Temple, the Feast of Candlemas. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the words of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall never walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let us therefore bring our sins into his light and confess them in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <coughs>
almighty and ever-living God, clothed in majesty, whose beloved Son was this day presented in the temple in substance of our flesh, grant that we may be presented to you with pure and clean hearts by your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Malachi. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I send my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, till they present right offerings to the Lord. Then the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the orphan, against those who thrust aside the sojourner, and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. 
since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same nature, that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong bondage. For surely it is not with angels that he is concerned, but with the descendants of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brethren in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make expiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered and been tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And inspired by the Spirit, he came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to thy people Israel. And his father and his mother marvelled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is spoken against, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that thoughts out of many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years from her virginity, and as a widow till she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she gave thanks to God and spoke of him to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favour of God was upon him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It was the 10th of June, 1991, at 20 to 6 in the morning, and there I was in the delivery suite of Birmingham Maternity Hospital, having managed to survive one of womankind's great traumatic experiences. I was in a rather dazed state of extreme sleep deprivation, but rejoicing in the safe delivery of a healthy girl and a hospital porter appeared in the doorway to transfer, to transfer me and my new baby daughter up to the ward. 
As he arrived, I looked up and saw his face and without a moment's hesitation said in utter incredulity, Michael! Somewhat taken aback, the hospital porter was clearly baffled that I knew his name. Michael Tingley, I said. You went to Halsford Park Primary School in East Grinstead, at which point his face changed from the bemused to the utterly gobsmacked. How on earth did you know that? He replied, intrigued. And the answer was that Michael and I had been in the same class at primary school in Sussex between the ages of four and 11. I hadn't seen him or even given him a second thought since the summer of 1970 when he and I had headed off for different secondary schools. But suddenly there he was in front of me more than two decades later and despite my dazed and semi-anaesthetised postnatal state at such an un ungodly hour of the morning, and despite the fact that he was now about two feet taller, was wearing long trousers, had a stud in one ear, and was working as a hospital porter in Birmingham, I knew immediately and without any hesitation that it was him. A second story... I once switched on my car radio in the middle of an interview on Radio 4 with, as far as I was concerned, a totally unnamed person. Before I had even had time to grasp the topic that was being discussed, let alone the identities of the participants, I instantly recognised the voice of one of the women who was being interviewed. Thirty years earlier, she had been on the staff of a church that I attended when I was a student, and I hadn't clapped eyes on her since. And yet, despite those long years of separation, the minute I heard her voice, I knew without any shadow of a doubt that it was her, as indeed it was. How on earth was it possible for me to recognise a single individual human voice completely out of context and not even live, it was on the radio, and to do so after a gap of 30 years without being given any clue at all to her identity. Similarly, how on earth was it possible for me to recognise instantly a boy from my primary school days under the most bizarre and unexpected of circumstances decades after we had last met? Recognition is such a strange human phenomenon. It is mysterious and subtle and elusive. What is it that enables us to recognize a face or even a voice from long ago and to know without any hesitation the identity of whom it is that we are encountering? It's a bit like spotting family resemblances in the expressions or the gestures of a young child moments that can be so fleeting that they're almost impossible to describe, but they're no less real for all that. In the Christmas story, the shepherds are directed to the birth of the Messiah at Bethlehem by an angelic messenger. The wise men are led to the Christ child by a star. 
But in the story that we celebrate today, the presentation of Christ in the temple, sometimes called Candlemas, the aged Simeon, without the assistance of any kind of divine intervention whatsoever, sees the child Jesus before him and recognizes instantly and without any doubt whatsoever the true identity of that child. So what was it that he recognized? What was it that enabled Simeon to know instantaneously and without any shadow of a doubt that this child was indeed the long-awaited Messiah? I suspect that Simeon himself might have struggled to put an answer into words, which does not, of course, mean that it is any the less authentic, just as our inability to pin down a fleeting family resemblance does not make that connection any less real. And I wonder where those moments have been in our own lives when, like Simeon, we have suddenly and unexpectedly glimpsed something that was undoubtedly and unquestionably of God and whether we had the confidence to name it for what it was, I wonder. But there's more. Because Simeon does not simply recognize the child before him as the promised Messiah. He discerns something else as well about that child's true destiny. He takes Jesus into his arms and praises God, proclaiming him to be the promised saviour of all, the light to lighten the Gentiles, as well as the glory of God's people Israel. But there's another aspect to that destiny which is far less comforting and comfortable, which is why he then turns his attention to Mary and declares... This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that will be spoken against and a sword will pierce through your own soul also that thoughts out of many hearts will be revealed. What Simeon is able to recognize is that this is a child whose coming brings with it judgment. This is a child whose presence will bring to light the truth of what is written in human hearts, our self-serving priorities, our pride, our failure to love, truths that none of us like to be made public. For some, that exposure will generate resentment, even hatred, and the price of their resentment will be paid not only by the Saviour himself, but also by the one who loved him more than anyone else. Hence Simeon's warning to Mary, a sword will pierce your own soul too. The greatest joy in human life is the gift of love, but genuine loving demands costly things of us. It makes us vulnerable because loving, some, loving someone brings with it not only the risk of rejection, but also the risk of loss. And the deeper our loving, 
the greater the pain. Candlemas marks the point at which we finally draw to a close our celebration of Christmas and Epiphany and turn our faces towards Lent, which begins on Ash Wednesday, which this year falls on the 2nd of March. The season of Lent, if we're prepared to take it seriously, can be difficult and demanding, but it can also be part of the most extraordinary and profound of spiritual experiences within Christian tradition. Because the journey that begins in the wilderness of Lent will, in turn, take us through the dramatic events of Passion Tide, the devastation of Good Friday, through the desolation of Holy Saturday, to the astonishing reality and revelation of Easter Day, and the gift of new life and new hope that is ours, having passed from death to life. It is a journey that we are all invited to make our own each year. So thanks be to God for a love that is as powerful and as wonderful and as astonishing as that. You cannot have a resurrection without first having a death. And in order to receive that gift of new life and new hope, we first need to be able to recognize that it is there waiting for us to receive it and to be ready to set out on that amazing journey of discovery and revelation. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who, with the Father and the Son together, is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. 
The response to the bidding, Lord for the years, is, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, we thank you for the many joys and blessings you give us each day. We ask you to hear the prayers we offer. May the gift of your holy word be a lantern at our feet, a light to our paths and a strength to our lives. We pray for Her Majesty the Queen and for His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales, for Alison our Rector, Jeff our Associate Priest, and for all who have made it possible for us to join in acts of worship at St Bride's during the past uncertain months. And for our families and friends, the special people you have given us. Watch over those who are separated from us, who for whatever reason we do not often see. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. As restrictions are gradually eased and we once again return to a sense of normality, help us to act responsibly so that we do not experience the pain and suffering of a further outbreak of COVID-19 or its variants. We pray for all who hold positions of responsibility and leadership, both nationally and internationally, during this challenging and uncertain time in our history. Give them wisdom to learn from the mistakes of the past and understand the needs of our time. For all who work in the world of journalism, who strive to bring us the news, and for the men and women serving in our armed services, whether at home or in faraway lands. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of light, we bring before you all who are lonely or depressed, the homeless, those living in unacceptable accommodation, and all whose lives are shattered and broken. May your love through us reach those in desperate need and give them renewed hope for the future. Healing God, we ask you to touch those who are unwell, ease their pain and heal their suffering in body, mind and spirit, and make them better. God of the spirits, we remember those we have loved who once shared in our laughter and tears, who have reached the end of their earthly journey and passed through time into eternity, where the clouds of our sorrow are lifted. May we who miss them gain comfort in the memories we cherish in our hearts. In a moment of quietness, we bring before you all who are in need and those who have no one to pray for them. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, we reach for you from our quiet places. We thank you for this earth the cold, frosty mornings, the gradual lengthening of daylight hours, snowdrops emerging from the frozen ground as a sleeping world awakens from winter's icy grip. Help us to understand the responsibility we have to keep this treasure, your earth, safe from harm. Merciful Father, accept our prayers. 
for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? In the tender mercy of our God, the day spring from on high has broken upon us to give light to those who dwell in darkness and in the shadows of, a shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his commands, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself, made once for all upon the cross, we proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, 
but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. Lord, you fulfilled the hope of Simeon and Anna, who lived to welcome the Messiah. May we, who have received these gifts beyond words, prepare to meet Christ Jesus when he comes to bring us eternal life, for he is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. trust his promises and obey his will. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.